Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the cats right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. On this edition of the show, we are going to do our over-unders for Kentucky-Tennessee game, have a prediction for who wins. We'll share with you what John Calipari had to say about Ashton Haggins and Jared Vanderbilt's names being in those reports from ESPN on the FBI. And uh, we'll share some Mark Stoops' comment as well. Uh, we'll start off with the John Calipari and what he had to say about Ashton Haggins and Jared Vanderbilt. He didn't say much. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he gave the answer you should give, probably. I mean, he, Kentucky put out a statement saying that they're you know, essentially, well, I can read the statement. While you get the statement, I do need to mention that this edition of the show is brought to you by Start Nutrition. Yes, and we'll let you hear a lot more about that just in a bit. But uh, the official statement from Eric Lindsay uh, of UK Athletics Uh, We remain committed to compliance in all facets of our athletics department. All of our student-athletes undergo a thorough review process to ensure their eligibility. With the full cooperation of our student-athletes and their families, the compliance department works closely with the NCAA Eligibility Center and the Southeastern Conference throughout the entire amateurism certification process. At this time, there is no change in the eligibility of any of our current or former student-athletes. So, um... That covers that. That covers Jared Vanderbilt and Ashton Hagens. No, no current change in their status doesn't mean there can't be. And then, then basically, Cal, to summarize, Calipari, it was, you know, our compliance staff is so thorough that I, I trust that everything's okay. And he then did in classic Calipari fashion, took that question when he was asked about it by John Hay of the Career Journal, and then I would say. I might be being generous. Maybe 10% of his answer was actually answering the question because what he said wasn't here and how he turned the phrase. He said, what's great about Kentucky is I get to coach basketball. I let the other people worry yes. about this, and, and now that's what I'm going to do. And then he started talking about how he wanted to coach the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a big question today. The other big question was just with some time to digest it. You know, what happened? What happened Tuesday night, Cal? Uh, and they didn't bring players out. Uh, Cal kind of threw Eric Lindsay under the bus. His a little bit. PR guy. And he said, why did you do that? Why didn't you let him talk? And, the, of course, the, the explanation is they haven't watched film and, you know, yada, yada, yada. That was the other thing that, and I'm, I'm actually glad Calipari didn't do it because sometimes we'll ask How's the team reacting? Haven't got to talk to the team. Right. And I'll like, just kind of like blow through. He was very talkative today about things he wanted to get right. Yeah, and I thought he was, uh, you know, as he tweeted out, this was a humbling experience. I think you could tell that in the things he was saying. Like, he said that he told the team, you know, Duke played with a chip. He said they, as a team, wanted to show that they were better than us. As individual players, they wanted to show they were better than our players. And then he said, and their coach may have been wanting to show me that he's a better coach. And and then he asked the question, were, did we get arrogant? Did the, did the Bahamas and the success they had there in, you know, as it turns out, far inferior teams to the one they just played, you know, did, did smashing those teams in the Bahamas make them arrogant? Um, I think that's a fair question to ask. He said he didn't think they played with the chip on their shoulder that Duke did or the chip on their shoulder that his good teams have always played with. I thought that was interesting. And then I think beyond that, what I found pretty interesting was that he 
gave a less than ringing endorsement of his point guards. You know, he mentioned right after the game that he grabbed Hagens and quickly and, and put his arm around him and said, I'm going to work more with you to get you on the same page with the rest of us. But then he said, you know, we don't have a Shea Alexander or, or like a lot of the other point guards we've had here that I can say, just basically go get your offense. Uh, he said, we don't have that guy. And maybe I have to play them like I played them at UMass and, and, and his explanation of that was we didn't have a guy who could go get that offense, so they had to be more facilitators. That's a little bit of an alarm bell just because, I mean, Kentucky's always got a point guard, and that's a pretty well, big question now. And, I mean, they do have three – well, they have two McDonald's All-Americans and and one who would have been if, if he didn't reclassify. Three five-star guys who were point guards in high school, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and none that he feels good about as, as being – you know, get your own offense. He wants Quade off the ball. So yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of, that is very a very concerning kind of point to, that he's already bringing up. Uh, he also said that he might have to coach like he did at the beginning of last season, and he said that where he was the point guard as he described it. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then Gilgis Alexander. If you're looking for a, another silver lining, it was that Gilgis Alexander and Quade Green had were. I, I don't know. It's tough for me to like get back into the exact moment at the beginning of the season last year, but they were similar to this, and it is only one regular season game, so you are jumping a little bit. The gun, they, these two could improve, but they weren't the quality of a classic Kentucky point guard, and they turned into it. I mean, Gilgis Alexander yeah. was unbelievable by the end yeah. of the year, so there's still time for, for both of those guys. Yeah. And that's the other advantage. He's got two guys. In theory, yeah, you, you you work on them, and one of them, maybe one of them, shows up. And if it's you know, and if it's, I think quickly is the candidate for that because I, you know, I think he's the guy who's putting in the extra work already, and and will probably have a high ceiling because he's going to grow. He is going to grow from game one. Uh, and Hagen's, I mean, I think Hagen's can do that as well. But he's the guy who reclassified. Yeah. It's not beyond the realm of possibility that he takes a little more time, and maybe he's even here more than one year. But uh, that's a problem for them. He mentioned he thought Nick's, Nick Richards would be further along. Um, yeah. You know, the defensive stuff is an issue. I thought, it too, it was interesting that he didn't say, you know, he didn't come out and say, we're going to, we are going to, you know, be fine. We're going to be whatever, whatever. He said this can go two ways after getting beat like this. Pretty honestly, it can either change your mindset, or he said it can cave you in, and I think that exists as a possibility. It's something I said that watching them the other night, where they looked just defeated. That kind of game getting crushed like that on a national stage when you came in with all this hype can leave some mental scars. Yeah, and then he also mentioned, uh, I guess we need to technically do a game prediction for Kentucky and Southern Illinois. Oh. Yeah, he, he did the old. I call it the Rick Patino, and this is this was a comical thing Patino did that never really the best fourteen seed I ever <laughs> I ever played. Yeah, <laughs> that never really hurt anybody when he would exaggerate and. I don't never. I guess I shouldn't technically call him a liar because you know you're not supposed to do that. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but he, yeah, he would be he'd just pump dudes up. And I guess Southern Illinois isn't you know a, just a typical mid major that isn't good. They're returning a bunch of a bunch of guys. Four of their top five uh, scorers from last season. They're back. They got some talented dudes. I don't think it's going to be a complete cakewalk. Uh, but I'll just I'll, Kentucky's going to win by at least twenty. And if they don't, I'll kind of be shocked. Yeah, I mean I won't be shocked because I think they could have. I wouldn't be shocked if they won by 40, and I wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, won narrowly, if they get challenged, because because it can go two ways. Like, these dudes might be like, what the hell just happened? We're going to go prove something. Or they could still be, like, reeling. You know, there could be some guys 
uh, in their feelings, as the kids say these days. I mean, I, I believe that would not a, that would not shock me at all. I believe that's an Evan Daniels song. Yeah, that is. Uh, that wouldn't shock me at all if these guys are just like some of these freshmen in, in particular, or like a guy like PJ Washington who came back with all this stuff to prove and you know all, so much money on the line. I mean, if we're being frank about it, mm. and then on this huge stage in a matchup with your NBA draft peers, guys you're going to be judged against. You got, you know, embarrassed. Yep. It, for a guy like him, even I think it could be there's a mental hurdle to clear. So does he come out ready to rip people's heads off, or is he like, well, my you know, is, still reeling? There's nine of them, and I think enough of there could be. There'll probably be a like a split. Some guys might kind of yeah. take a step back. I think that there'll be enough of them to step forward where this game won't be in doubt. Yeah, well, and, and to that point, Cal Perry, one of the first things he said today was basically I got. He said I got to find five guys who'll play hard yeah. and play together and play those guys as many minutes as they can play, yeah. which I think is probably right too. All right, uh, we're going to switch to football. I kind of feel bad because we haven't been giving football enough love. I, I tweeted out uh, earlier this week that you know a lot of times Kentucky basketball takes head- headlines from Kentucky football uh, for good reasons at this time of the year. Right now, it is the opposite of that. But it's we, rarely panic mode that uh, basketball panic mode that makes people pay attention to it. But we are going to discuss Kentucky versus Tennessee in Knoxville. But first, we got to tell you a little bit about our sponsors. All right, now I got to tell you guys about Lex Start Nutrition. Lex Start Nutrition is proud to announce they just started a new service this month. Lex Start now offers meal planning, so you can worry less about what to eat and more about how to hit your nutrition goals. Lex Start's monthly meal plan subscription can be tailored to fit any number of needs, including weight loss, fitness goals, plant-based, or vegan diets. And there's even more options. Meal planning is offered as a monthly subscription and includes a list of your meals for the month, delicious recipes for all dishes, and a grocery list to take the hassle out of your meals. Visit LexStartNutrition.com to sign up for a free three-day meal plan and a free 15-minute one-on-one phone consultation with LexStart's registered dietitian. You can call 859-429-8935 or visit LexStartNutrition.com today. That's L-E-X, startnutrition.com. Go check it out. You're not going to get a better deal than a free trial and a free consultation. You know, we all love a night out. Whether it is seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on your favorite squad. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets to all live events. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice in case you don't want to sit by any Tennessee fans. To make things even better, right now Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKED ON, all one word, LOCKED ON, for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee, from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Get a group of friends together and get down to see the cats take on the Vols. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's jump into our over-unders. We are going to do over-unders on sacks of... Gar- Garantano, I mean, Kyle and I had a debate on how to s- say his name. He's he's a, been in the SEC for a while. We should have it down, but we don't. Then, 
how many catches Ahmad Wagner will have. Yep. <laughs> we should have done how many, whether or not uh, of one or more uh, penalties drawn. And uh, the final one is how many Kentucky fans will be in Neyland Stadium on Saturday. So let's start out with the sacks. How many times will a UK defensive player take down the Tennessee quarterback, Kyle? Over oh. under at two and a half. I'll say over. Uh, they're averaging two a game, giving up two sacks a game, and Josh Allen's the best <laughs> yeah. pass rusher in the league. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's my prediction there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Josh Allen, despite having an okay game, it's kind of crazy to say, uh, he just had a so-so game when you recover two fumbles. Normally right. that's like a career right. day for guys, but this is Josh Allen we're talking about. I think he kind of feel like he didn't get to show his full form in the biggest stage that they'd had this season, so he's going to come out motivated and ready to go. And I think the Kentucky defense is just really good, and overall, they had their worst day. Mark Stoops said, it so, said so on Monday that that's the worst they'd played as a defensive unit, and they want to get back on track. And, and Tennessee has had some offensive struggles, and on the flip side of that, I think Kentucky's going to be able to get to a, a, a lead in this game, and that's going to make Tennessee pass it more. And once you become pass predictable, as Mark Stoops loves to say, um, Josh Allen is unstoppable in like 99% of the situations. And I think that's m- maybe why you know Georgia had some successes. They didn't exactly know when to, when to rush Josh Allen because it was just swift running up the middle all the time. So both of us are going over. Yeah, Alabama sacked him three times for for a point of reference. So, you know, that's a pretty decent job of holding up against Alabama. Yeah. They got blown out in that game, but uh and Georgia sacked them twice. So, maybe I'm not, now I'm wavering a little bit on my on my prediction. I'm going to stick with it though. I'm going to stick with mine too, despite your stats. So, next we are going to go into catches by Ahmad Wagner. And that's I met, we discussed I decided I wanted to do it this way is because all he gets is pass interference calls and hasn't made a catch. So, the question is does he get a catch? The over-under is a half. Does Mon Wagner finally get a catch in this game? I'm going to say yeah because, uh, I mean, they've been really committed to him, to using him in some situational stuff. I mean, down at the goal line, I think he's going to be in there all the time now. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it, it would appear, based on his size and his skill set, that either they're going to throw it up one of those times and he's going to catch it, it's going to be incomplete because they're throwing him up high, or he's going to draw a flag. So, you know, two of the three opportunities there are pretty good. And I, I think they're going to keep doing that. So I'm going to say he gets a catch. Yeah, and I mean, to your point about, you know, being all about this, Stoops mentions him all the time. Like, that's the thing that kind of, when you start hearing Mark Stoops bring up guys unprompted, you know that they're in the game plans. And Wagner was one that he started bringing up a few weeks ago after the bye week. And then... You know, he gets the pass interference at Missouri, and they win the game on the next play. He gets two pass interference calls against Georgia. Obviously, they're wanting to target him, and he is a mismatch. There's no way around it. There's Even Kentucky's very tall cornerbacks are going to be mismatched on him. So, across the SEC, I don't, I doubt there's a cornerback that's as tall as him and as physical as him, a former basketball player. I think he'll be able to get position in one catch, and he's just going to go up and make an athletic play and, and make a make a, make the catch. Uh, Here, when you, we watched, I mean, taken all the way back to the open practice we were allowed to attend before the season started, he made a couple, like, wow plays, like one-handed grabs. So you know he has good hands, and when you put that size and good hands from what we've seen together, a catch is coming, and I think it's going to be this weekend. 
I think you're right. I mean, he's, he's they list him at 6'5", 238. Um, as you said, he played he played college basketball at Iowa. It's a, re- a weird Division One scholarship basketball transfer. Yeah. And to play football, you know, before his senior year. We've seen tight ends, uh, guys that were like, Exhausted their basketball eligibility and then come go somewhere and be a tight end for a year. But uh, this is unusual. But he's kind of in that same mold. Uh, the, it's not part of our over under. But I would almost uh, pose to you the question, kind of interestingly, do you think he gets a catch, gets a touchdown catch or a blocked kick first? Because I think they're going to start. You like I said, I don't know. I noticed it at, on that late field goal from Georgia that he was the guy that they were trying to have block the kick. I haven't been paying enough attention, honestly, to know whether he, they've used him like that a, a lot before. But, you know, Kentucky has the guy who holds the NCAA record yeah. in the single season. He was a, like a crazy specialist. He was another guy who was a basketball star in the state, and his name escapes me right now. I wasn't covering the team then. But he blocked seven kicks in one season. He was this, like, 6'5 guy who could jump out of the gym, right? Well, I was going to make a joke. Was it Shigari Alim? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... I mean, he was just uncanny at it. And I always wonder why teams don't have a kick-blocking specialist, and Kentucky might might have one in this guy. And they've had one before. I think, so it's just, what comes first, a touchdown catch or, or a block, block kick. kick? I'd say touchdown Probably catch. more likely, but... Because, but they're, I think they both could potentially happen, but the touchdown catch, I think, would happen first because they are targeting him there, and he is such an impressive target. And when you get in those situations in you know close quarters, like if you're at the goal line or close to it, basketball player has some skills like boxing out that are going to be useful in those situations so we both went did you make a pick of over under yet on him i, I you, think i said yeah because he's gonna, I, they're gonna keep throwing to him in the red zone my my mind is jumbled right now with football and basketball crossover finally how many fans of kentucky will be there in knoxville in Neyland stadium to see this game i'm gonna set the over under at ten thousand. Yeah. That's a lot of people. So, yes. I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to say under. But I think they'll have a few thousand wow. people there. I think they're going to have a, a good number of, of people there, but 10,000 is a big one. They're, you know, their fans are not exactly uh, jacked up about this season uh, under the latest uh, Nick Saban disciple to get a program because that's the best way to get a program is to have coached for Nick Saban to get your own program. Jeremy Pruitt, not, not totally dazzling people right now. They're four and five. They're one and four in the Wait league. Wait a minute! I thought like after that win against Auburn, Tennessee was on the come ups. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that, that's a weird one. Like that's a, it's one reason you got to be on alert. I think if you're, if you're Kentucky, uh, I, I mean, it's there are no gimmies. You have to feel pretty good about your chances. There are a rare SEC road favorite. Kentucky is yes. in this game. But I heard that it shot up too. It went from like started it? out at three and okay. a half, and when I was on Locked On Tennessee, Josh Ward, I was on his podcast that came out on Thursday. It, he said that it, it was up to seven points. Wow! At this point, I mean they've they've been blown out by West Virginia, blown out by Florida, blown out by Georgia, and blown out by Alabama. But they won on the road at Auburn in a, a six point game, a walk off, or no, that was a, that was the other. Night, not that wasn't a walk off. The uh, the South Carolina they lost on a walk off. Um, Weird game. And then the Charlotte game was not confidence inspiring. If you're a Tennessee fan, fourteen to three over Charlotte, under two hundred yards against a Charlotte team that had allowed fifty nine points, I think, to uh, UMass. I mean, this is a weird. This is a weird Tennessee team. I think they. they I mean, they're at home. Yeah, they could give Kentucky some hell, but I just don't. I don't think uh, to the point people. of the crowd. I don't. I don't think 
uh, Tennessee fans are excited, so there are tickets available. But I also don't know if Kentucky fans are able to uh, pick back up their enthusiasm for the team after Saturday's game and make that drive down to Knoxville. They should. I think it would be. Yeah, I don't think. Well, you're you're looking at this all wrong. So I'm just going to cut you off. Go ahead. Kentucky's going to go over this. The Kentucky fans are going to show out. You're talking about driving down. While it would be, it's still a drive. The southern part of the state, there's a lot of Kentucky fans, and they want to go down. Honestly, and they haven't seen them win in Knoxville since 1984. Exactly. This is a a once-in-a-lifetime, if you're under 35 years old, opportunity that a Kentucky fan has. And the thing that also I think people have going for them, the obviously way seats go, a lot of companies and things buy these tickets. A lot, from the way I understand it, Dad has roots in eastern. My dad has roots in eastern Kentucky, and I know some people from southern Kentucky. A lot of companies in those areas just buy season tickets to Tennessee because there's also a lot of Tennessee fans in the crossover. This year, I don't think Tennessee fans will want it. They'll give them to the Kentucky fan client, and they're going to be going down there. It's going to be a ton of blue. And I do have this question, though, and we might need to get Commissioner Sankey on to answer this question. Hey, Commissioner Sankey, if you're listening, hit me up. We'd love to have you as a guest. But if Kentucky rushes the field in Knoxville, yeah, yeah. does Tennessee get fined or does Kentucky yeah, get that fined? Would be, that would be wild. The the road field... Has that ever happened? A road field storming? I can't think that it has. I mean, if, if you could imagine if you could imagine a scenario where it could, it would, I mean, that's that would be it. Like, well, if Kentucky actually, fans finally break through in Knoxville. It would actually probably be Two weeks from now, if Kentucky goes ten and two and beats Louisville, yeah, I don't think they'd storm the field for beating <laughs> two or three team. win Louisville. But I, I, I think doing that at Tennessee, maybe. All but, right, let's uh, let's do the predictions real quick, Kyle. Who you got and what's the score? I think Kentucky ends this the road losing streak. They are they've already ended the overall streak to Tennessee, but this is the one. This is like the last ugly thing left. Yep. For Kentucky. I mean, they do need a breakthrough against Georgia. That streak is starting to get longer. Uh, yeah. But it's not like, it's not humiliatingly long and lopsided. Um, you know, they've knocked down so many doors. They had the, you know, all that long streak against South Carolina. That's well in the past now. Uh, also, the Florida streak, the overall Tennessee streak. Broke the winning season in the SEC. Right. They had, now they've guaranteed their first winning season in the SEC since, what, 84? Yeah. Uh, with this win would get them to eight regular season wins Which for the first time since 1984. This, this is They've knocked down almost every ugly Kentucky football streak where people, people can point and laugh at them. Mm-hmm. This is the last, kind of the last one. And I think they get it. I think Tennessee's in a bad enough spot. Uh, I think Kentucky's a good enough team. And... You know, I actually believe, even though they lost that opportunity to win the East, that the the opportunity to be a ten win Kentucky football team and go to a New Year's Day bowl is not small to them, yep. and it'll be a big deal. So I think they win. I, I'll say, uh, I'll say Kentucky twenty seven, Tennessee seventeen. I don't think it'll be like a rout. I think it'll be kind of an ugly game, but I think they've got more than enough to win. Yeah, I'm gonna go thirty four to seventeen just to get all the bad Georgia juju out. That's the score they're going to get. Uh, You think they can score 34 points? Uh, Well, I called for a defensive touchdown. (laughs) I called for a defensive touchdown last week, and it didn't come. But I'm going to get my defensive touchdown this week, and it's going to come because I think Kentucky defense is ready to go. So it's not not out of – what did you – you said 27, right? Yep. So with a defensive touchdown, then I'm not a complete lunatic. 
I think it take, I think they need a defensive touchdown to get to 27. <laughs> you didn't say that in your prediction. Um, well, fine. Then I'll take a Lynn Bowden return from a punt, and that'll take me to 34. But I think Kentucky wins kind of easily, and it's kind of crazy that we're kind of so flippant about breaking this streak, which is, you know, Mark Stoops didn't want to talk about after his Monday presser, or during his Monday presser, but it is, it is something, and it is kind of the last, one of the last things Kentucky needs to get over to kind of get to respectability and, and if they win their last two games of the season, I think they kind of blow past respectability into a, a quality program. So we're going to wrap up this podcast with some comments from Mark Stoops and maybe one or two from John Calipari. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Tonight, I'm going to be watching some college football on the TV here at the station, and I'm going to have some NBA action on my laptop. How am I able to do that? Through Sling TV. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch just so you can see some games? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, college basketball, NBA, and a bunch of other sports. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, and a bunch more. Stream on your big screen and to all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime, and as I always mention, you can upgrade and downgrade your package depending on what you're feeling that month. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. It's a free trial. You got nothing to lose. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Mark Stoops with the media today before they face off Tennessee. Here is his opening statement. Once again, just... Uh... Excited about the opportunity to get on the road tomorrow and in uh, our last SEC game of the year. So guys have had a good attitude and good preparation, and uh, we got one more opportunity tomorrow before we get on the bus and head that way. He was then asked if he'd seen any side effects after the Georgia loss. No, I really didn't. I mean, early in the week, it's like that win or lose. They're banged up and, you know, a little exhausted. But Tuesday we had a really good practice, and... Monday was a typical Monday. It was good, and in the last couple of days, it's been great. So uh, I don't see any side effects now. Finally, Stoops discussed talking to his team about what they have left on the table this season. Well, I mean, I've discussed it with them, of course. You know what, you know what's in front of them and the opportunity. I said that in my Monday press conference that I would talk about the last third of the season briefly, but then it's on to this week and it's on to the preparation, the things that that's going to take for us to be successful in this game. And this is a very important game, as you know, and um, you know that's where our concentration is. But uh, it's nice to be playing this late in the year with so much on the line. There still is a bunch to play for in the Kentucky season, and that is much different than some in the past seasons. Maybe every once in a while it was to play for a bowl, but this is a ton more than just a regular old bowl game. Still, a New Year's Six Bowl is on the line. And also, it's kind of crazy, Stoops talking there, last SEC game of the year, last SEC game for a bunch of those seniors, Josh Allen, Mike Edwards, C.J. Conrad, you know they all want to go out on a winning note. We discussed John Calipari's press conference a little bit earlier, but I did want to give you a bite. This is Calipari answering the question, what he wants his guys to learn from the Duke loss. Well, first of all, you want it to hurt, and and then I want you to look in the mirror and be, like, real. No delusion. Um, they were a better team. They played as a team. They worked together. We worked against each other. 
they played harder with more of a chip, which is usually us. And I'll even go farther and say they were better coached than we were. Let's all look at it and let's learn and move on. Um, no practice yesterday. I was, I was like Jack to get started, but we had to give him a day off. And um, so we're going to watch some film here in a minute. And then we got to move on. We got a game Friday and we got a tough one. And just so everybody understands, I was never intoxicated or blown away by Bahamas because everybody kind of goes back. They weren't, there weren't game plans. There weren't teams that would grind it out and move it, move it, move it, and move in on defense. And there were things that I saw. I know then and I know now we have a chance of being really good. But I knew even then, boy, we got a ways to go. And so that may have hurt us more than helped us. This may have helped us more than hurt us. We just got to see. We'll see what the Cats do against Southern Illinois. Stay tuned for coverage. You can check out my timeline on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Kyle will be tweeting along during that basketball game as well. Follow him at Kyle underscore A-T-H and read his coverage on The Athletic. You can follow me and check out the full video interviews of both those on my timeline at Curtis Birch and on BigBlueInsider.com. That's the weekly night show I do on 630 WLAP with Dick Gabriel. So tune in for that if you want some more of me talking about sports. As we always ask, please subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And then most importantly, share it with someone else Who would enjoy the podcast? That's the best way to get it out there and form a little bit of community, which we are after. Keep an eye out. After the basketball game on Friday night, there is a chance, I think a high probable chance since I can control this, that there might be a quick Facebook Live, maybe 15 minutes after that game that we'll do on the Locked on Kentucky page. So please go like that page, Locked on Kentucky. Just search it on your Facebook and we'll be there. We'll be tweeting out the links as well when we do it. Also, that contest we mentioned on the last podcast and the promo code that is in the podcast before that, we will announce what the prize will be next week and we will announce a winner as well next week. So go back and listen to the previous podcast you missed. And continue to listen to the ones we're putting out now. Be sure to be following along on all the social media. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.